Welcome to the East Westicism Podcast, where our host, Todd Perlmutter, shares the lessons he's learned spending eight years living with gurus, monks, lamas, and shamans across 35 countries and five continents. Join in the journey as he brings the best scientifically proven methods for living your best life from the East and the West straight to you. The path to peace, love, health, and happiness starts here. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Path to Peace with Todd Perlmutter. I'm your host, Todd Perlmutter. And today, I'm going to talk about something that one of my friends brought up. And that topic is, can Christians meditate or is it a sin? One of my friends who's a Christian, who knows that I teach meditation, said to me, gosh, that sounds great. I wish there was some kind of Christian meditation. And the reason she said that is because she had heard that meditation is either Buddhist or Hindu and that it goes against Christianity. And some Christians even believe it's a sin that... The Bible's against it. Uh, many preachers and priests uh, say as much. And so I just wanted to address a little bit about this common belief among Christians and just kind of put any rumors or questions to bed. So I think part of the problem with what I've heard Christians express in their worries about meditation is they actually are misunderstanding what meditation is and how it's done. And I get that. I mean, uh, these days, everything from reading an ancient philosophy quote is considered meditation. Everything from, you know, a YouTuber scratching on their microphone and just listening to that with your eyes closed is considered a meditation by some. So first, let's figure out what meditation is and establish a definition for that. The Buddha taught very simply that we should just observe the in-breath and the out-breath. It really doesn't get much more complicated than that. Many Buddhists even say, you know, this is a practice, not a religion. This is a way of life. And it can go with any religion or no religion. And as you know from what I just said, there is no religious belief necessary to just observe your breath. For me, meditation is simply being present, whether you're observing your breath, whether you're observing your thoughts, whether you're observing the sensations in your body, whether you're focusing on a meaningless sound or syllable, like a mantra, you're simply observing the present moment and you're putting your focus on something in the present moment. Our minds typically are just constantly running, right? Thinking about what you're going to eat next or the last conversation you had or 
some song that got stuck in your head. It's just in a state of constantly thinking, habitually running off, jumping from thought to thought. And so meditation is simply about putting our full awareness and attention and consciousness into something in the present moment. In doing so, we become more focused, we increase our attention span, we become less stressed, our blood pressure goes down, our cholesterol goes down, our depression, our anxiety goes down, and we feel this aliveness, this alertness. This, it's not unlike what a hunter experiences, because that's, that's our natural state of being. That's how we lived when we were in the forest. This was a survival mechanism, you know, fully alert, fully aware, not lost in thought. And this created a deep sense of peace because we're not identified with that chaotic mind. When we're fully present, we appreciate God's creation more. We observe and we're grateful for the miracles of life. We tap in to that pure light of awareness inside of us from which our senses are played out on. And that is a non-physical, eternal source of life inside of us. And so when we become aware of our own awareness, we're really becoming less self-conscious, less identified with this temporary physical form, and we're becoming more God-conscious. We're tapping into that presence of divinity inside of us. When we are fully present, we become fully alive, not lost in this dream world of our thinking mind. It's like wiping off the glasses and cleaning them and seeing God's magnificence in crystal clarity. Many Christians think of meditation as emptying your mind and becoming mindless. But meditation is about becoming mindful. It's not passive. It's not doing nothing. It's not emptying the mind. It's about filling your awareness with exactly what is truly happening around you so you can fully appreciate it. It really brings to life one of the most profound quotes that Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. And all meditation does is briefly for 10 or 20 minutes a day is turning your attention away from the physical world and turning it inward, where God is. Meditation is not about focusing on the flesh. It's about becoming aware of awareness. It's about, it's not about attaining material wealth or fame or success. It's about letting go of ego and pride. It's about becoming the best version of ourselves we can become so that we can be the best people, 
the best neighbors, the best Christians we can be. It's not about a desire for something. It's about letting go of desire. It's about simply experiencing God's miraculous creation with our full attention, awareness, appreciation, and with complete presence. With no external or mental distraction. So I ask this. How could experiencing life fully, being aware of your breathing, be a sin? Is it a sin to look at a beautiful puppy or a baby and just notice them breathing? Then how is it a sin to notice your own breathing? Is it a sin to watch a movie or a game of basketball? Then how is it a sin to watch your breath or your mind or your own body? How is it a sin to just be aware of something that is happening? There is nowhere in the Bible that says, don't notice your breathing. Be ignorant of your thoughts. Do not hum sounds. <laughs> now, it does say in the Bible a little bit about meditation. However, in the Bible, it uses the word meditate as ponder, contemplate. So it'll say, you know, meditate on the word of God, meditate on the teachings of Jesus. And if that is your belief, you are more than welcome to do that in addition to spending 10 or 15 or 20 minutes a day with your eyes closed, observing your breath and just being fully present with each breath and allowing that peace and joy and love and gratitude to wash over you. There is not anywhere in meditation does it say, don't also meditate on the teachings of Jesus. And doing both will surely bring you both religious and spiritual fulfillment. One would indeed assume that if Jesus or the Bible was indeed against meditation, that they would mention that because, as it's stated in the Bible, Jesus was visited when he was born by three wise men from the East. So surely they knew of meditation. Surely they knew of these Eastern practices. But the Bible does not say anything forbidding these ancient Eastern practices of sitting, observing your breath, doing yoga stretches. Because surely being physically fit, being mentally fit, does not go against Christianity or the teachings of Jesus. Now, while the Bible does not speak against meditation, I do find that there are several lines from the Bible that, in fact, encourage meditation. And I'd like to read a few of those now. It says in one passage of the Bible, Jesus says, 
Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not see the log that is in your own eye? Here I believe that Jesus is literally telling us to turn our attention inward, to focus less on the external physical world and more on the formless within ourselves, to be mindful of our thoughts and our words and our deeds and our actions. And in this quote, I really do think that Jesus is highly encouraging us to become more mindful and to bring our attention within. There's another passage in the Bible where it says, Be sober-minded and alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. This is another quote where meditation, the practice of being highly alert, aware, and present, diminishes the devil's ability to prey on you. You know, who do you think the devil might prey on the most? The mindless wanderer, completely lost in thought? Or someone fully alert, present, aware, and clear-eyed? I think we all know it's the person who has put down his guard is not fully alert. And then one of the most beautiful quotes from the Bible that we all know, I am the way and the truth and the life. Now, many Christian scholars consider this phrase by Jesus to refer to the Christ within each of us, our true nature, which can only be experienced when we turn our attention inward. When Jesus says, deny thyself and follow me, he clearly meant to deny the mind-made self, the identity of who we are, and realize your true inner light and essence within, beyond the mind, beyond the thoughts and preconceived notions, beyond this temporary physical body, and to recognize that Christ within. When Jesus says, consider the lilies, how they grow, they toil not they spin not. He was literally telling us to sit in stillness and meditate on nature, to see how everything just exists and works without effort or struggle, like our breath or our heartbeat. The lilies just are, with no effort. When they are in their being, the doing flows naturally and the lilies are always meditating, always present. And Jesus understood this. When Jesus said, When you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. He was clearly saying, Sit on the floor, let go of your ego and pride, and humble yourself. This is that egolessness that we learn in meditation, where we disidentify with this persona we created, 
and we tap into the true nature of who we are, the eternal soul. When Jesus said, it is not I, but the Father within me who does the works, and I can of my own self do nothing, he is talking about how our mind can get in the way and block us from receiving God's will. When Jesus said, look at the birds in the air, they do not sow or reap or gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? You know, some Christians believe that every second of your day should be spent meditating on Jesus. But Jesus clearly was saying, meditate on the birds, meditate on the flowers, meditate on nature. Learn how nature does not worry. Learn how being fully present answers appear. God's will appears. Jesus would not have told us to meditate on nature if he thought we should meditate on Jesus alone. In another quote, he says, Be in readiness, upright and faithful to your calling. Be prepared to receive the coming Messiah. Here again, Jesus is telling us to be present and alert for whenever God or Jesus may call, as only the state of meditation can do. The eye is the lamp of the body. If then your eyesight is good, your whole body will be well lit. Jesus is referring to seeing clearly, unobstructed by thoughts, and judgments so that your light of consciousness will shine through you. Only meditation can train our minds to see this way. And lastly, Jesus said, split a piece of wood, I am there. Lift a stone and you will find me there. So when Eastern meditation says, observe your breath. This is where God is. When in Eastern meditation practice says, observe your body. This is where God is. When they say, repeat a mantra and focus on this mantra, that too is where the Lord will be found. And while in Buddhism and Hinduism we use the word enlightenment, Jesus used a similar word called salvation. Two separate words pointing to the same truth. In Christianity, salvation means saving someone from sin and from separation from God. But in Buddhism and Hinduism, they use the word enlightenment, meaning liberation from unethical action or sin and from the fog of ignorance or separation from God, the illusion of a separateness 
due to the identification with the physical external material world. Lastly, let's ask what would Jesus think about meditating? A man who spent 40 days in the desert by himself. When we go into the wilderness, we meditate naturally. There's no distraction. There's no... There's nothing else to do except be fully present. Jesus spent this 40 days alone in the wilderness. And when he returned, he became stronger. He was Christ, and he was ready to take on the Roman army. He may not have known the word meditation, he may not, not have been taught formally meditation. But this is our natural state of being. And when we are in the wilderness, when we are living in the wild, you must be fully alert, not lost in thought. And it's not difficult to uh, imagine Jesus sitting on a rock somewhere with his eyes closed and just being and appreciating and observing all that life is, contemplating and becoming aware of his thoughts and developing his mind and his mindfulness. And so I ask, how could it be a sin to be present, to observe what's happening right under our very nose? Is it not a greater sin to spend the majority of our lives lost in thought, thinking about the past, worrying about the future, and missing out on God's miraculous creation happening right in front of us in the present moment? And so, if you wish to become a more loving Christian, if you wish to be more present and peaceful and joyful, then go for it. Feel free to be in that present moment. Observe your breath. Observe your body. Focus on a mantra. Being present is not a sin. In fact, it's something we do all the time without even realizing it. When we watch our favorite movie, when we see a beautiful sunset, when we notice a shooting star, and we are just in awe and wonder, and we are fully focused and paying attention to what is happening in this moment. We are meditating. And the practice of meditation simply extends that moment, simply extends that feeling of awe and wonder, releases all the stress, and makes us better people. And that's what it's all about.
So, in the words of Bobby McFerrin, don't worry, be happy. There's nothing wrong with meditation. If you'd like to learn more about meditation, you can follow us on social media at Todd Pearl, T-O-D-D-P-E-R-E-L. Or you can go to eastwesticism.org, E-A-S-T-W-E-S-T-I-C-I-S-M dot O-R-G. And please like, subscribe, give us five stars, write a great review. If you don't have a great review, you can just not leave a review. That would be fine, too. Thank you so much for listening. Peace and love. You were listening to the East Westicism Podcast. Be sure to visit us at eastwesticism.org to join the conversation and receive enlightening emails. Until next time.